You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your Houston Texans. And as always, please remember to follow Locked On Texans on all your favorite platform streaming services, especially on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my boy. John, some sports guy, Hickman. That's my own personal uh, announcer. Like I'm coming out in the middle of a game, just uh, kind of happy, you know? Uh, no? Nobody? Okay. Well, anywhere. <laughs> you can be anywhere in the world. So could your ear. But you're here listening to us on a wild Wednesday episode because, woo, some of you guys are pissed at what the Texans uh, did yesterday in regards to some contract signings. Of course, Kaimi Fairburn and Darren Fells both receive pretty healthy and hefty uh, contract extensions yesterday. Well, a uh, contract extension for Kami, and then the Texans went ahead. As Fells was going to be an unrestricted free agent this year, they went ahead and inked him to a new deal. Uh, so that is what we are going to talk about today for the most part and what that means for the rest of the team. Who else is on the priority list for the Texans to get signed on their current roster? What does that mean for the current tight end position, the depth chart here in Houston? And you know what? I, I, I'm going <laughs> to talk about some of your guys, uh, you guys' reaction. Uh, to those deals getting done, mainly Fairbairn's deal getting done. It kind of sent a lot of you through the roof. So let's hop right into it. However, before we really do, the Texans worked out receiver Jordan Thomas. Just a quick news update. Worked out receiver uh, Jordan Thomas, 28-year-old who was undrafted out of Rice University, um, notably known for his Broncos season in 2015 with the time spent. He's he had with the Broncos. Uh, he appeared in 16 games for Denver in 2016 and 10 games in 2017, 27 receptions for 351 yards and two touchdowns. Also, the NFL awarded teams with their compensatory picks today. The Texans received three additional picks, a third round and two seventh round picks. Unfortunately, do not get your hopes up. That third round will have to go to Cleveland for the Duke Johnson trade, which sucks because that third round pick would have done a lot of good for Houston with so much talent in this draft. But that seventh round pick, those two seventh round picks, as deep as this draft is, they may be able to find guys that can affect the team immediately. I mean, immediate impact on special teams. The Texans are very even though a lot of times they don't get it right. They're very big on special teams. Along with you may find uh, a couple of rotational guys along the defensive front or 
that secondary. Hell, you may find a receiver that a diamond in the rough. You never know. So the Texans were awarded those three compensatory picks, but one does go to Cleveland. Welcome back in, everybody, and we hope your Wednesday is going as good as ours. However, uh, if you're listening to this show, that means you are a big Texan fan. And if you are a huge Texan fan, that means you're probably a little aggravated, agitated, pissed off of what those folks on 16 and Kirby are doing in regards to contracts. What am I talking about? Well, as I alluded to early on in the show, not too long ago, the two deals of the day for Houston that was uh, signed on Tuesday. Kami Fairbairn is signed a four-year, $17.65 million contract to remain in Houston. The deal includes $9 million fully guaranteed and makes Fairbairn the third-highest-paid kicker on a per-year basis. That's not all. Darren Fields, the tight end, agreed to a two-year contract extension with the Texans, a deal that's worth up to $7 million with $4 million in the 2020 year. And I got to tell you, before I even kind of go a little bit further on what this means for Houston, <sighs> these one-year deals for Houston continue to screw them over. What am I talking about? Bradley Roby on a one-year deal. The Texans also had a one-year deal with A.J. Bouye, uh, these one-year deals for Houston to continue to bite them in the ass. Why? Well, it just seems like Houston is the landing spot for guys to ball out and then say, you know what? Uh, I've done my due diligence. I'm out. It's the same thing with Darren Fields. However, this time, instead of Fields walking, and oh, not to mention Tyron Matthew, the Super Bowl champ, Time Matthew. Let me put some respect on his name. But instead of this time of Darren Fells walking, uh, he got his big contract at the age of 33, a $7 million deal worth four million or a deal worth $7 million and $4 million in 2020. This year, the Texans are sinking $13 million between the two players, uh, Fairburn and Darren Fells. And a lot of you guys are kind of pissed at that. And Cody, I mean, rightfully so. I think those deals needed to get done. Very important. I think Fells earned his contract. Seven touchdowns this past season. The best red zone threat for Houston last year. Akimi Fairburn, who started off rocky, but ended the season 80% of making his field goals 20 or 25. So I, I believe both of those guys deserve to get those contracts, deserve to get a contract rather. But the amount of those contracts is where I disagree. I think $13 million sunken into two guys in a very essential offseason for the <clears> next <throat> five to seven years. Watson and Tussell is expecting deals. Also, on top of that, you have other areas on this team you're going to need money for. Free agency starts next week. I think that's a little too much. All I can do is just shake my head. You know, and to be honest, one, I'm happy that we was able to retain Darren Fells because this is a guy, as you mentioned, he was one of the best tight ends and getting touchdowns in the red zones. And there were several times this season, well, there were several times this past season 
that he stepped up and actually came in at crucial moments of the game. Um, you remember the game against the New England Patriots where we beat them primetime on a Sunday night. He played really well in that game. At the most important times, Fails was the guy to step up, get you those extra yards, get you that touchdown. He did just enough to push the Texans over the hump. Fairbear, on the other hand, you know I have not been a fan of him. Yes, he ended the season a hell of a lot better than it started. He made 80% of his field goals throughout the whole 2019 season. But that is just too much. For him to be the third highest kicker, that's just too much, John. I, I, you know what? I, Let me say this. The Texans also re-signed Fairbairn last offseason to guess what? Just guess. A one-year deal. Like I say, I'm happy for Darren Fells. He has proven time and time again he could be that small factor that can push this team over the hump in a very close potential game. Fairbairn, on the other hand, I've seen him miss too many field goals. And, and to be the third highest kicker in the league, I have a slight problem with that. And as you mentioned, there are other guys on this team you have to take care of for first. We mention it just about every day. Laramie Tunsil, the situation with him. Is this going to be the offseason where you pay Deshaun Watson? You also got to take into account neither one of these guys play the weakest part of this team, that secondary you know how crucial it's going to be for the Texans to go out and build that secondary, especially going out getting safety or a corner. Even now you also got to take into consideration that they're going to have to go out and get a reliable nose tackle just due to the fact that DJ Reader is basically out the door. And believe me, it's going to be a very frustrating season if they re-sign Fairbear and let DJ Reader walk out the door you replace him with a subpar nose tackle and your front seven look even worse than what it did last year. A front seven, by the way, did look good. But the fact that I don't like about this situation is prioritize a kicker over a nose tackle. Well, I'll say this. I don't I don't think it is a prioritization over a nose tackle over a DJ Reader. Uh, the lifespan of Fabrice's contract that he just signed it's still, like, if the Texans franchise tagged DJ Reader, he would only be, for one year, $2 million under Fabrass' deal. And Fabrass had some good moments last year. He did start off rocky, but he did end the season off a lot better. All field goals in between 20 to 39 yards. He was 5 for 5. 30 for all field goals between 30 and 39 yards, 8 for 8. Now, 40 to 49, 6 for 4, missed two of those field goals, and 50-plus yards. He was uh, uh, 4 from 6 for 40 to 39, I'm sorry. And 50-plus yards, he was 3 from 6, uh, putting him at 25 attempted, uh, 20 made. Then he also had 45 extra points attempted, 40 actually went through the upright. So I think his deal the contract was valid, not the amount. And when you say you're proud of Darren Fells and happy for Darren Fells, I think we all are. The next question is, what does that really mean for the tight end position? And I got to ask, listen, Darren Fells, seven touchdowns last year. Let me just go off of these numbers. A big red zone threat, 
but he turns 34 next month. And as a guy who's been a journeyman primarily his entire career, up until sometimes he spent in Detroit, I believe, and then now he's going to, at the latest, uh, spend another year in Houston. You got to ask yourself, okay, well, it's $4 million for one year really worth it. Dan Fields does a lot. He blocks very decent. He's a very good run blocker, I believe, for a tight end position, and we know how big of a red zone 30 is, like I mentioned. Then you got to go down to Jordan Atkins, who's 27 years old. Last year, he had 418 yards, but he has games where you may ask yourself, is he even on the damn field? Nine games with two or less catches last season, 11 including the playoffs. Jordan Thomas, who missed 15 games last season due to injury. And then Cahill Warren missed his entire rookie season, including the preseason. The third-round pick last year uh, caught 51 passes in three seasons at San Diego State. Uh, Run a 4'6", 36-and-a-half-inch vertical, 6'5", 252 pounds. But he suffered a hamstring injury and then a concussion in mid-August. We haven't seen nor really heard much about him ever since. Fell's signing was necessary, not for $4 million, however. And now I look at this depth chart for this Texan team, and now I'm looking at guys that you can say, it's time for you to go. There's no need for you. Number one, if we're going to keep guys around to be security blankets, well, I want to keep guys around that I have at least seen play football. With that being said, the draft is coming up next month. Hill Warren is still very young, had a very good pro day last year, and may still have some talent. But there are some teams that may be willing to look at him because there are tight end needed teams. There's no reason for us to keep him him around at this point there's literally no reason if we're going our potential i don't want to see what you can potentially do your rookie your rookie year which is also your second technically your second year in the league we haven't seen you play any down football and at this point the question is do the texans need him my personal answer to that question is no they don't yeah and i know the age factor for darren fells might be concerning to most, but look, with him on the roster, the Texans are positioning themselves for a win-now run. By keeping fails, you already have a tight end, and not just any kind of tight end, it's a reliable tight end, hell. And at the end of the day, it's not like you asking him to carry offense like he's Travis Kelsey or somebody. But it keeps one of the most reliable tight ends in the league on this team. And as you mentioned, it also it also free up some space as hell. If we could keep this guy for two years, put Khalil Warren out on the market, see what you can get for him. There's no telling what you can get back for this kid. Once again, I do like the resigning of fails. The 2018 year was Fairbairn's year that got him the one-year deal last year. Maybe the Texans' way of thinking was, hey, you know what? You did right by us that 18 year. We signed you to a one-year deal. You still kind of stayed around the missed five field goals because that 2018 year was a big year. Out of 42 attempted field goals, he made 37. Uh, His long was 54 as of last year as well, and he kicked 88.1%. 
that was his percentile. And also the extra points was even higher. Made 39 or 41 extra points attempted that put him at 95.1% as well. So, like I said, deal needed to be done. The Texans did right by Fairbairn, especially considering, you know, they gave him a one-year deal. He bounced back last year. But for $17.9 million, whew, that's a lot of money. You know what? I am happy we are not in NFL season right now, Cody. You want to know why? Wow. How many NFL season ticket holders would be pissed if they stop games for fan attendance because of this coronavirus? I mean, at the end of the day, it wouldn't be no difference from the MLB, NBA, NHL, MLS. I mean, but you know, NFL fans, man, they love their football and NFL fans and college fans. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy this isn't going on during college season. They can get a little crazy. Basically, in the most important college moment. In, in of the year, March Madness is coming up, and I'm still we still on standby to see if we they're gonna allow us to go to fourth work to cover the American Athletic Conference. No, man, this isn't like college football. Those, those, nah, I don't know, many, man. those stadiums get packed out, and it's just ridiculous. So, I'm, I'm super happy that we are not in NFL season because whew, things can get a little crazy. Uh, but Rick Smith, the former Texas GM, was on NFL Live on Tuesday, and he spoke about how he made that move for the franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson. He was just saying, like, he knew after that national championship game, Deshaun was the guy for him. And if he were there, if he could make a move for him, and if he was available, and we know he made that trade up to go get him, that he would, he did. The rest is history. So I kind of want to let you guys know that even though he is not still working for the Texans, one thing about Rick Smith was he brought everybody in the city of Houston a blessing out of South Carolina by way of Atlanta, Georgia, Deshaun Watson. Yesterday, we hinted at the possibility of Trent Williams and the interest he has from the Houston Texans. On top of that, a lot of you guys were mentioning, well, not a lot, but just I had a couple of guys mention how they would like to see an upgrade at the guard position, the right guard position, uh, and the possibility of finding one for Zach Fulton, who I believe has done his job here in Houston, had a very good year last year when he played, only allowed one sack. I believe that he is not a priority that right guard position is not a priority for an upgrade right now. But with Trent Williams getting interest from the Houston Texans, what that means? Well, he's a left tackle, so is Larry Tunsil. And if you prioritize signing Trent Williams to a multi-year deal over Larry Tunsil, I think that alone deserves uh, chaos. Fans should go crazy because Tunsil is younger, or you also kind of mortgaged away two years of your future with those first round picks to go to Miami to get him. You got to keep him. But Trent Williams is a savvy vet, uh, all pro left tackle, and he has the skills and talent to transition over to right tackle. If he transitioned over to right tackle, that means you can slide down Titus Howard, Nick Martin in the middle, Max Sharpen at the left guard. Now this offensive line looks scarier than before. 
But is it really worth it? To be honest, in an ideal world, in a dream world, that will be just perfect for the Houston Texans. Uh, you remember a year ago when you and I took over this podcast, and the number one topic amongst ourselves and even the listeners and the fans was they have to protect Deshaun Watson. 2019, they took a step in the, in the right direction when they acquired Laramie Tunsil. Absolutely. And now you look at the standpoint where if you are able to obtain Tunsil and bring in Trent Williams with the return of Titus Howard and the improvements of Zach Fulton, this can possibly be the best offensive line in the league. You're right. In a perfect world, that would be an easy transition, right? But here's a problem. We live in reality, and the first step is finding trade assets for Trent Williams. The Redskins, who in the, doesn't want to give up Trent Williams in the first place, right? They want to keep him. They allowed him to seek a trade after he requested one last year, set an entire year out of spite, and simply because the Redskins organization is just terrible. So they're going to want a lot back in return. Now, what do you have? You have a second-round pick. You have Will Fuller. You also have Zach Fulton, who's under contract. Maybe you can mix him in. But the Redskins are not going to go for that. They're, they're, they're not. And as much as that perfect world scenario would not only boost Deshaun Watson and his ability to stay upright on this field, but whatever running back, whether it's Duke Johnson, whether we re-sign Carlos Hyde, or whether we go find one in the draft, whatever running back plays behind that line would just excel. But, Cody, I, I know how you paint this perfect, beautiful, pretty picture. Vibrant colors on the prettiest and biggest of canvases. That's just not the reality. And the Texans will have to give up a lot just to bring him in for a limited amount of years at that. Yeah, and that's what I was about to get to. Like, I don't think it'll be worth for the Houston Texans to give up a hole just to bring in Trent Williams, let's just say, for at least two to three seasons. I mean, you you mentioned a potential deal, but in my mind, if they do part ways with Will Fuller, and this is only hypothetically speaking, I would want to get, I, I would want for the Texans to get a haul back. And besides, a second-round pick, after you have already given up a first round pick and you're already kind of limited in this upcoming draft as it is, especially due to the fact with the amount of holes that is on that opposite side of the ball. I'm not too sure that going after Trent Williams will be worth it. No, and I think they are perfectly fine where they are. Keith Fulton, he had a, he has no reason to get released. He had a very decent year last year. Actually, I think he had a pretty good year. You get Titus Howard back, get him healthy. You make sure you re-sign Larry Tunsil. You continue to push the growth of Max Sharpen, who I've been big on since day one. Uh, and I, I just love how he plays at the left guard position. And Nick Martin at the center position will continue to make sure that he is a very essential part of this offensive line. This line has the ability to be one of the best offensive lines in the next two years. And two of those very important parts are on rookie deals. Nick Martin already has his contract. He signed his last year. 
Tunsil will get his, and we just get to go with what we have right now and continue to fix the areas of this team that's needed. What is that? The defensive front and the secondary. And tomorrow we will get into what player is next on the Texans list of current roster players to receive a contract. Because if you're going to hand out $13 million in one day and knock your potential or knock your cap space from around 61, 62, 63, knock that down to 49, uh, $50 in cap space, $50 million in cap space this season, then make sure you are spending wisely. And a lot of you guys did not agree with that. Here's a couple of tweets before we got in here. $18 million for a kicker? You got to be bleep kidding me. That's from my boy, Josue. A lot of you guys may have disagreed with what I was saying with Darren Fells and his signing. Cahill Warren experiment should end now. I still think it. Nothing you say will, you know, deter me away from that. One of you guys said, hey, what? You don't end a rookie project after one year of IR. It's too much time. Likely that Jordan Thomas will be gone in a few days after his disappointing showing last year. Here's the thing. Jordan Thomas actually was featured in the game. Cahill Warmer's the entire year. Jordan Thomas can block. That was an issue with Cahill Warmer coming out of the draft at San Diego State. And who is more likely to be able to be a trade piece right now? Jordan Thomas, who you just said needs to be cut after a disappointing season, or Cahill Warren, who's young, ran a 4-6-1, and still is athletic. The problem that I have with it right now, there's too many tight ends on this depth chart, and we need to go with what we have. Find a trade partner for Cahill Warren and find a way to boost your team moving forward. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman. Follow me on Twitter, at some sports guy, and the Locked On Texans Twitter page at Locked On Texans. And I'm Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Word from the wise. You know what? Just wash your hands. Wash your damn hands for this coronavirus gets you. But hey, tomorrow's Thursday. One more day to the weekend. Let's have some fun. Be safe. Until next time, wash your hands and peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every